0: What would you like the power to
1: do? Mobile banking
0: requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire. Huh?
1: Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No by law. 18+ terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everybody and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Billboard's Senior Director of Charts, and I'm Katie Atkinson,
0: Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast.
1: You know it's funny uh Katie and I were just talking a moment ago about sort of the audio um audio dramas we are having lately between the cricket in her garage and <laughs> me trying to find a location in my house that doesn't have weird feedback coming through my microphone. you know pandemic it's crazy what it does to the to the podcast, yes, one hundred
0: percent we're gonna call them audio oddities because it has a fun ring to it
1: audio oddities oddities well. <laughs> Um, As always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Ed Sheeran's new album Equals debuts atop the Billboard 200, How Adele's Easy On Me stays firm at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 songs chart for a third straight week. And how Glass Animals' slow-burning hit Heat Waves breaks the record for the longest climb to the top ten on the Hot 100. Also
0: on the show, we're talking about the latest news from the tragic Astroworld Festival, where eight concertgoers died during Travis Scott's Friday night performance. Plus, in much, much lighter news, the casting of Ariana Grande and Cynthia Erivo in the movie adaptation of Wicked was announced last week, and Keith and I will talk all about what it all means in just a minute. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit Billboard.com podcasts.
1: All right, let's do the chart chat. Let's first up. First up, friend of the podcast, Ed Sheeran, debuts at number one on the Billboard 200 albums chart with his latest studio album, Equals. The set opens atop the list with 118,000 equivalent album units earned in the U.S. in the week ending November 4th, according to MRC data. Over half of that sum was driven by album sales, and the set actually sold 68,000 copies in its first week. That's the second... Largest sales week for an album by a male artist in 2021. Only the debut of Morgan Wallen's Dangerous the Double Album posted a bigger sales week among male artists this year, when it sold 74,000 copies in its first week back in January. Um, Katie... Uh, Ed was the musical guest this past weekend on Saturday Night Live. Um, of course, he performed, but he also turned up um, in a skit that I want to bring attention to. Uh, it was the recurring skit, The Dion Warwick Talk Show, um, where uh, Dionne Flippin' Warwick herself showed up. <laughs> um, and she basically talked to herself. It was amazing. <laughs> I just oh my be, gosh. I just want to enthuse about it. I That's can't I... believe
0: I didn't see it. I am a very regular SNL watcher and have not seen this past weekend's episode yet. It's on the DVR waiting for me, and now I'll get to it even sooner because of this information.
1: <laughs> just it was just Dion Warwick is a blinkin legend. <laughs> and the fact that she was able to be on the show and sort of be good natured about kind of um kind of the whole thing. and also, we got to actually hear Dion sing a little bit oh, at the end of it, too.
0: I love with, it. And with
1: I with her I, fake I, doppelganger.
0: Well, I was going to say her fake doppelganger, who's played by um Ego and hold on uh, on SNL. Is Who like, also has a
1: great voice, by the way.
0: Yeah. And all I mean, she just kills it. The, the very first time they did that skit. I mean, Dion, you know, tweeted as she does uh, about how much she loved the portrayal. And I feel like that's not always the case of people on SNL. Yeah. <laughs> but Dion clearly loves it because she showed up. So that's awesome.
1: Well, uh, next up, staying with the Billboard 200, um, The Grateful Dead chart their landmark 50th Top 40 album as their latest archival release, Dave's Picks, Volume 40, enters at number 13. It's the group's highest debuting album ever. Wow. And their highest charting album since 1987, when In the Dark peaked at number six. And um, for... uh, Grateful Dead isn't known for having hit singles, but the In the Dark album is their one album that has a hit single. Touch of Grey. Touch of Grey is on that album, and Touch of Grey is their one and only top 40 and top 10 hit on the Hot 100 chart. So, of course, it kind of made sense that that album that it came from was a big hit on the Billboard 200. Uh, All that said, the new Dave's Picks volume 40 album compiles two 1990 Grateful Dead concerts that were held in Noblesville, Indiana that year. And it's across uh, four CDs. Uh, And this package is actually uh, limited to just 25,000 pressings, 25,000 CDs. They're all, I I guess, individually numbered. Um, This is kind of, though, kind of par for the course for the Grateful Dead. Uh, They release these these archival live albums every few months, So you can fully expect they'll probably get a few more top 40 albums in the next year or two. Um, But all that said, Katie, Mm -hmm. since the Billboard 200 began regularly publishing on a weekly basis in March of 1956, can you guess how many acts, including The Grateful Dead, have charted at least 50 top 40 albums?
0: I mean maybe I should guess how many acts have released fifty albums. That's such a wild that's such a wild number. Um uh, okay, my shot in the dark guess is going to be twenty-five. <laughs>
1: You are w- way off. Way
0: off. Am I way under or way over?
1: Way over.
0: <laughs> okay, so now way. I'm going to go with fewer than 10.
1: <laughs> you are correct. There are fewer than 10. Okay. Um, so the Grateful Dead have had 50. Bob Dylan's had 51. Barbara Streisand's had 54. Wow. Elvis Presley... <laughs> As if he needs (laughs) a last name. I
0: mean there is Costello,
1: sure. Has yeah, true. (laughs) Has fifty seven. And the artist with the most top forty albums is Frank Sinatra with fifty-eight.
0: So was that five that you just listed?
1: One, two, three, four, five. Five acts. Wow. Amazing. Well those are
0: legends. Legends only.
1: Legends only. All right lastly over on the Billboard Hot 100 songs chart Adele's Easy On Me stays put at number 1 for a third straight week while Glass Animals heats up the top 10 with their long simmering hit Heat Waves Oh man as, I know <laughs> as the track climbs 13 to 10 now that completes the longest climb to the top 10 in the history of the chart the track rises to the top 10 in just its 42nd week mm-hmm. The uh, previous slowest climb was, at least in terms of total chart weeks, was tallied by Carrie Underwood's Before He Cheats, which took 38 weeks to get to the top 10 back in 2007. Heat Waves is also Glass Animals' first top 10 and their first Hot 100 hit altogether.
0: The the Billboard Music Awards look very, you know, prescient. We had them on in the spring. They performed Heat Waves. Back in, right. what was it,
1: April? Well, yeah. Well, uh, you know, funny that you mentioned that, Katie, and you you didn't even plan plan that. Um, mm-hmm. Gary Trust, who manages the Hot 100, of course, he explains online in his story about this that um, heat waves, it, its trajectory to the top 10 is not entirely unfamiliar for songs that take a long time to get to the top 10 or the top 20 because it was a crossover hit. It started off as a hit on alternative rock radio Back at the top of the year, eventually it crossed over to top 40 and adult top 40 adult pop radio by the summertime, which is probably one of the reasons why the producers of the Billboard Music Awards booked them on the show. And now here we are so many months later, the song finally cracks the top 10. Um, And, you know, with the way the Hot 100 works lately, with Dua Lipa's levitating hanging out for as long as it did in the top 10, who knows how long heat waves may be in the top 10 now.
0: I know it took uh, it took Glass Animals the same amount of weeks to get to the top 10 as Dua's just been hanging out there. So, you know.
1: Yeah, you know, but it's it's all it's all it's 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 all so amazing. It's all great. So congratulations to Glass Animals on their first top 10 and a record in doing so at the same time. Definitely great song, too. That's why it's still hanging around.
0: And now it's time for the biggest headlines over on Billboard.com. And we are starting with the tragic news out of Houston over the weekend. Um, you know, news is continuing to emerge about the deadly crowd surge at Travis Scott's Astroworld Festival on Friday night, where at least eight people died. More than a dozen people remain hospitalized today, Monday, when we're recording, and hundreds more were injured. Uh, the fatalities happened during Scott's final set of the evening uh, when fans surged toward the stage and pushed so close together that they reportedly couldn't move their arms or breathe. An estimated 50,000 people were in attendance at NRG Park and Saturday's day two of the festival was canceled following the deaths. So what happened and the eight victims' causes of death are still being determined and investigated right now. But in a statement released Monday, Scoremore shows, which produced the event alongside Live Nation, announced full refunds would be coming to all concertgoers and that they are working on ways to support the attendees, the families of victims and staff. Travis Scott also said he will be covering the funeral costs um, for all the fans who lost their lives, as well as providing free mental health services to those in attendance. So that is the latest on just an absolutely tragic story. I'm sure, Keith, um, you know, it's one that, that you saw and followed over
1: the weekend yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I mean, I, along with a lot of other people, saw on social media fan accounts, Oh, my gosh. Their experiences at the show. And there was a Instagram post that went viral that I shared on my social media. It was just harrowing. I yes, cannot. Yes, her
0: name, her name was Sienna. And Sienna. Um, in addition to experiencing this absolutely, you know, chilling thing, she um, could not have conveyed more just like viscerally yes. what she went through. Um uh, it was crazy to read that and feel like you were in that crowd and as helpless as she felt and trying to do as much as she could.
1: Yeah, she she was. I mean, to, I mean you can find it online. It's fairly easy to find. But, you know, for those listening, I mean, if you haven't read it, it's basically just a very vivid uh, description of what it was like to be in this crowd where you felt like you were just it might be the end. Right. Um, you know, and it it just it it read like a, a horror story. It's it just it was just so I I cannot even imagine. I know that not all festivals are like this. This isn't the way these shows all turn out. This is this is just a, a an unusual situation. And I'm sure so millions and millions of people go to concerts and festivals all the time. Um, uh, but you know, it was just. It was just something else. And hopefully, I don't even know what's next. I don't know what could possibly happen to have made this better. Um, It seems like there's a lot of allegations and a lot of sort of accusations that are being thrown around right now to the event producers and to the artists and to Travis himself about the the, the show and what could have been done better or what, you know, how could didn't they know? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. I, I, I realize I'm blathering here, but I think no, we're all blathering right now.
0: I think that you know answers will emerge as um, as we find find out more about it. Of course, yeah. the um, victims are unbelievably young. The youngest one was 14 years old, um, so that's an extra um, sad aspect of of um, this whole thing. I heard about a victim who um, not not. Uh, not one of the people who died but somebody who was hospitalized was 10 years old so um yeah just (sighs) uh, yeah just an incredibly sad event and um you know like like we said we'll we'll keep following it and we'll know more when um you know when the investigations continue and for now We'll just have to um, kind of wait and see what might, you know, what effect this could have going forward on future events or, you know, what could have been done differently or, you know, all yeah, of I that. Mean,
1: yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll shut up. But I mean, I feel like anyone who goes to any event like this is going with the expectation that they're going to have a fun, enjoyable time they are going to survive the evening. They are not going to get hurt. That's some bare minimum, yeah. They're not yeah. I mean, I'm like, I mean, I'm like, yes, we all know that there's lots of mosh pits and, you know, some aggressive fans sometimes at, at shows. But no one no one goes into a situation like this expecting that they're going to come home hurt. You know, maybe maybe people will be kind of rowdy cuz that's kind of the vibe of the show, but no one's expecting and that you're going to get hurt at a show and it's just all this is just so tragic so yeah we'll see we'll see where this goes in the next few days
0: yeah absolutely so just stay tuned to bellbar.com for the latest i mean like i said we're recording on monday so by the time you listen to this on tuesday there could be even more developments. so just um stick with us and we'll let you know when we know more So moving on to some some much lighter news over on Billboard.com. Last week on Thursday, Ariana Grande and Cynthia Erivo revealed that they are starring in a movie adaptation of the hit Broadway musical Wicked. So the two stars shared Instagram photos from a tearful video call where they learned they'd be starring as the witches from the land of Oz. Uh, Grande will be playing Glinda the Good Witch, who was, of course, made famous by Kristen Chenoweth in the original 2003 Broadway production, while Arivo will portray Alphaba, the Wicked Witch of the West, which was the role originated by Adina Menzel. So Grande and Rivo both have histories with Broadway, of course. The Thank You Next pop star got her start in the 2008 Broadway musical 13 as a teenager before breaking out on Nickelodeon's Victorious and then its spinoff, Sam and Cat while Erivo won the 2016 Tony Award for Best Performance by a Leading Actress in a Musical for her portrayal of Celie in the color purple. So, all this to say, this is just perfect casting, I would say. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That entire lead-up was just to say, um, you know, this is honestly... uh, I, I haven't heard any complaints, is what I'm saying. I guess the one complaint is, like, that it's not, you know... Kristen and Adina circa 15 years ago playing well, these parts, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I think um, I think even just sort of like casual Ariana Grande fans will know that she's a huge Wicked fan herself. Yes. Um, and I mean, we've talked about her on this show where she was in the she was in a, a TV special saluting Wicked where she yeah. performed.
0: That was 2018. And it was uh, an NBC special called A Wicked Halloween. They did a little, you know, perfect little witchy timing with Halloween three years ago. And uh, I believe it was The Wizard and I is the song that Ariana performed. Um, And yeah, she's always had like this public love fest with Adina and Kristen as well. Kristen actually just served as her mentor on The Voice um, just a few weeks ago um, that aired. And uh, and Kristen actually shared a lovely message on Instagram congratulating Ari on this role and sharing a photo of Ariana as a child child backstage at a production of wicked with Kristen. i mean so on. i mean it's just wild and then there's actually a tweet and i think Kristen shared this as well a tweet that ari sent and it was like almost exactly 10 years ago saying how desperate she was to play glinda someday so it's just is meant to be chills yeah. i get
1: chills it's it, and also also um ariana was um I mean, yeah, I mean, as Katie mentioned, Ariana was on Broadway and we know her to be an amazing singer. But -hmm. she's also like a really great actress with great comedic timing. Um, And she was also in the uh, live TV production uh, uh, adaptation of Hairspray, the musical. Mm -hmm. So I think all this is just adding up to this is going to be it's positioning itself to be something great. So we shall see.
0: And then on the other end of things, we have Cynthia, who is an Oscar nominated actress, uh, in addition to being a Tony winning actress and has the massive voice needed for this role of Alphaba. I mean, I, I I wonder, actually, maybe we need to, like, talk to Steven Schwartz on an episode or something, but, like, I wonder if a lot of these songs that were in the original 2003 production, when they were, like, workshopped with Adina, if they took them higher and bigger, you know, and bolder because Adina was capable of it, you know? And so it's maybe. hard for a lot of vocalists to keep up with that, but Cynthia is one of those vocalists who can. Um, so it's just, she's also the perfect foil for Ariana in this part. Um, it's like, they, they just nailed it. I feel like if you just like had a dream board of who to cast and hope that they were available and
1: interested and capable, then here we are. Well, speaking of that, do we think that we'll get cameos from Kristen Chenoweth and Adina Menzel in the film? I mean,
0: that would be wonderful, right? I mean, a little nod because... like I said, I'm sure the literal only complaint about this would be like just dreaming of maybe seeing those two on the big screen since they are sort of, you know, inseparable from these parts because. Yeah. of I mean, they were just know, on the Tony they Awards a few weeks ago them. singing together. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I also, like I said, Kristen shared this lovely message. She obviously has, you know, they have their blessing. And so the idea of them being involved in some way is not far fetched. I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. I don't know exactly what that would be, what that would look like.
1: But well, maybe I, they could like play it. It. I mean, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we I, we always have people always want like some bit of nostalgia in things, you know, like, oh, why can't they be? it? it's like, you know, sometimes maybe maybe they don't even maybe they're not even in it. Maybe they just... I don't know. And also, let's look at some recent examples. The most recent, of
0: course, being friend of the podcast Ben Platt in Dear Evan Hansen Hansen, who got all sorts of crap about not looking like a teenager anymore because this role that he originated on Broadway was you know a few years ago at this point Um, or even look at um, Adina herself in Rent and a lot of people complained about uh, that casting as well or that it didn't translate quite as well from the stage to the screen with that group Uh, Rosario Dawson notwithstanding because she was the only person who wasn't
1: in the original cast who was in the movie yeah so, i mean so maybe i mean maybe maybe it's for good <laughs> okay keith <laughs> um okay so they've only announced um grande and Arrivo so far as the casting but one can we imagine the dir-
0: we know the director too john m chu who just <laughs> right. uh did in the heights uh and he also did crazy rich asians but just on the musical front he just did in the heights
1: well, I'm wondering, you know, there's lots of other sort of plum roles in the movie. Um, we would assume if they're going to use the the roles that we're familiar with from the show itself. There's the wonderful Wizard of Oz himself. Um, don't forget the uh, leading heartthrob, uh, Fierro. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, on Broadway, Fierro has been played by everyone from Joey McIntyre to Aaron Tveit to Tay Diggs to Justin Guarini and even Ashley Parker Angel. So, so you're saying dreamy. We need someone dreamy. So. Sean Mendes. Some dream, dreamy casting. Like, like, basically just cast your favorite, like, sort of dreamboat in this role.
0: (laughs) Who do you think is handsome and can sing? There you go.
1: (laughs) Can they dance? There you go. Um, Also, I I immediately started thinking, because I tend to do this, um, the movie soundtrack. Yes, I tend to think is what Keith means. Um, (laughs) The movie soundtrack is going to be bonkers. Um, Just imagine if they also have Ariana and Cynthia contribute maybe like new original songs that maybe they help write they the almost have to
0: right i mean and not to get way ahead of ourselves but, but the idea the idea of that being um, something would not be Oscar eligible if it was not an original song. So let's right. just, you know, get put the cart in front of the horse or whatever the saying is, and say that like, of course, they're gonna gun for that original song. Oscar. Absolutely, you know, Steven and Schwartz is. And, and he's involved in the movie. So it's like it's a no brainer that Steven Schwartz is already dreaming up. And maybe uh, to be fair, maybe over the last whatever it's been, 17, 18 years, he thought, "Ooh, I should have put that one song in that we workshopped and we dropped off or something. You know, there might be something yeah. like that um, yeah. kicking around. But although do they each get their own original or
1: does somebody have to do like a um, why can't it you know, be rock, like paper, another scissors? duet? <laughs> Oh, a duet! It could be another duet, a duet. that would be like best a new of both. a new du, a new duet that they both get to co-write with Steven Schwartz.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: because I want to point out that Cynthia Erivo is a double Oscar nominee for the film *Harriet* for both lead actress, and she co-wrote best uh, the song uh, *Stand Up* from the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and then keeping keeping this theme going. We have two other fairly recent um, double nominees for the same film, both from the world of pop, you know, music and the world. Of music. I know
0: about Mary J. Blige, who's the yes. other oh, Mary J. Blige was from um, Mudbound, right? Mudbound. The Netflix movie. She, yes.
1: Well, she was nominated for Best uh, Actress in a Supporting Role, and she co-wrote the song that was nominated for Best Original Song, Mighty River. Um, mm. Lady Gaga. Oh, oh, that. Oh, her star is born for shallow. <laughs> Come on. Well, the one that won the Oscar. Is that the one
0: you speak of?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> I mean,
0: well, um, and you also just triggered something else in my mind. Um, uh, Cynthia is actually only an Oscar shy of an EGOT. She has an EG and a T. Um, Ooh. and she actually did it. Paul Grein, our awards editor, wrote a really interesting article a few years back about the sort of shortcut to Getting very close to an EGOT, and that would be starring in a super buzzy Broadway musical, because once you star in it, then you could get your Grammy from the, from
1: the recording, recording
0: of yeah the cast album. And then you could get your daytime Emmy from performing that song <laughs> on a ben daytime talk free. show.
1: That's how he got his Grammy, his his Tony and his Emmy.
0: And so this is a common thing. He's not the only one. Cynthia has done it as well. And of course, she has already been nominated for an Oscar, as Keith mentioned. But this feels like she could get that Oscar either for performing or for um, for the song. And um, it should also be pointed out that uh, in at the Tony Awards, Adina. So in the role of Alphaba, is the one that won the Tony over her co-star Kristen, who was right. she was nominated against as Glinda. So, if we're looking at what's the Meteor Award Catnip role, it's probably Cynthia's over Ariana's.
1: Yeah, for yeah. Um, also it, Kristen Chenoweth is a Tony Award-winning actress. Correct. She won the Tony for Your Good Man Charlie Brown. Just not for Wicked. Just not for Wicked. Yes. yes. Wow, we can go in deep on this. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. I mean, I wonder
0: if they get sketchy too, and like you know, in the movie, maybe Glinda has a lesser role, so she can be nominated as supporting actress. You know what I mean? And make uh, make Alphaba
1: the one true star. Who knows? Obviously, Katie and I like this show. Um,
0: (laughs) I've actually only seen it a production one time. I've I've only seen seen a
1: production one time. It's expensive to see this show.
0: uh, This is true. I saw in Detroit. I got to go with my mother-in-law over Christmas one year. The music is just fabulous. And obviously that that you can enjoy over and over and over again without spending $200 on a, you know, Broadway or off-Broadway ticket. But... Um, but it's, yeah, I think, uh, I think we, we can safely say we're excited about this casting Yeah. and, uh, I believe it's, oh gosh, I'm going to mess this up. I was looking at, I, I know it goes into production next year and I don't know if they've set an exact release date yet. 2028. Maybe. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so we'll, we'll keep you posted about when this thing is actually coming. Um, but in the meantime, uh, yeah, we'll just be over here getting real excited about it and like. Just watching Ariana's Instagram for any and all
1: details to come. Well, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. In light of the news of Ariana Grande and Cynthia Revo set to star in the film adaptation of the Broadway musical Wicked, I thought it would be fun to play a short quiz, Katie, again. Oh, man, here we are. About uh, Broadway cast albums on the Billboard 200 chart. So it's a fairly simple question. -hmm. Can you name the last cast recording to hit number one on the Billboard 200 chart? And I'll give you a hint. Okay. It wasn't Wicked uh, because (laughs) Wicked's original Broadway cast album peaked at number 66 in 2014.
0: Is it Hamilton?
1: Nope. Oh. Hamilton went it, top five, but not number one. OK,
0: OK. Um, is it what What frame of time are we speaking of?
1: Many, many, many years ago.
0: OK, so we're OK. Let's go back to like um,
1: hair. You are correct. It was hair yes. in 1969. <laughs> it spent 13 weeks at number Woo-hoo. one.
0: Amazing. OK, that was pretty good.
1: <laughs> yeah. So there you have it. Just a very short uh, Broadway themed. theme. Fa- uh,
0: it's a fantastic album that had a lot of hit like crossover hit songs, not just like, you know, among the Broadway fans.
1: Oh, yeah. Like even if you have never seen the show, you may be aware of songs from the show because they became like covered by other pop artists who then made those versions hit singles
0: or maybe you saw a 40 year old virgin and the final scene to set to like, let the sunshine in and age of Aquarius.
1: <laughs> sure. Maybe that's what you saw. <laughs> All right. So there's the chart out of the week. All right, Katie, we've reached the end of our big shoe. Um, any parting words?
0: Uh, Oh, I just thought of something really good to go out on. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I didn't think about this until just the second. Do you remember that um, Ariana did like a version of the song Popular, but like as a pop song? I think it might have been with like Mika. Do you
1: You're know what right. I'm talking I believe about? So. Yeah, I do. I do.
0: I can't believe I didn't think of this until this exact second, but we got to go out on that.
1: We'll go out on that and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>